An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Hi, everybody. How we doing? Are we having fun? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a fun weekend, eh? Lots of exciting stuff to do. How's your weekend been? It's been awesome. Yeah, awesome. first time in Philly, so... Oh, really? At this con, yes. Very absolutely. cool. Not, not first time in Philly. I, I live in New Jersey, so... Oh, okay, yeah, Used to come, yeah. Back, come down here back in the day when we were in high school, go to JFK and see some concerts. So, okay, yeah. 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 Well, uh, I used to do a show out in the Oaks, Pennsylvania. You guys know the Oaks? And uh, so I would come out to Pennsylvania, but it's like outside of the city. So this is my first time in right. like Philly proper. Yep. And uh, yeah, I had no, uh, I didn't realize Jersey and Philly were like separated by like a river. Yeah. It's just like Windsor and Detroit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, realize. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yep. probably like just hopping over the border when you're kids and yep. doing this and that, you know. Two different worlds. Too. Yeah, yeah. Right across the water. Well, I popped over. I've never been to Jersey. So the first night we were here, we popped over for a bit because I wanted to say I've been to Jersey finally, right? <laughs> You know, that was fun. Hey, everybody know who this guy is? This is Tim Jacobus right here. We got some Goosebump fans then? Oh, yes, that's exciting. Um, yeah, so this is a spotlight on this individual right here, which basically means we're just going to talk about his career and good stuff like that. Uh, so why don't we begin at the beginning? Uh, were you an artist as a young child? Were you drawing from very yeah. young? Um, my dad could draw. Okay. And, uh, so... He, but he used it only as a, you know, like a continuation of a conversation. Hey, I'm thinking about building a deck on the back of the house. And he'd flip over a napkin and go, and it's going to look something like this. Oh, yeah? So, to me, that's what drawing was. It was part of a, just an act of communication. So, he could draw, I could draw. I have two sisters. They weren't interested in it. So, it was something him and I just did. Okay. Um, so, drawing was incorporated into the house, but... I'm of an age where this was way too early. My, you know, my dad was in World War II. Oh, really? He got out, and you know, you went and you worked for a company, and you worked for them for the rest of, you know, that was it. You right. got yourself, and so the idea of art as a career that was that was kind of foreign. So I never looked at it that way. It wasn't until I was late in my teens before I went, oh. Oh, yeah? Business. This could be... Well, what made that trigger? What, what flipped that switch in So head? when I was in high school, the way they had the structure of the high school I went to is you had to accumulate 100 points by the time you got to your senior year. Okay. And you would get 20 for this, 20 for that. And then, you know, they had it all figured out that, you know, you get your accredited courses and then here's the magic number. And you have to have this magic number to get your diploma. So when I hit my senior year, not that I was a good student or anything, but I had accumulated that 100 points early on. So what a lot of kids did was go to school half a day and then go get a job. Okay. And uh, so I presented that to my dad, and he's like, no, you know, you're not, I don't want you hanging around the house, right. you know. So I don't care what you do, find some other courses and fill your day. He goes, I don't care if you do flower arranging or basket weaving. So I went into my guidance counselor and he's like, well, you know, we don't have, you know, what, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, you know, I, I like art. And he's going, well, you already did the art courses we have here. But he goes, I just got this flyer in 
from the trade school that's in the next town over, and they're offering a commercial art class. And the way it would work is you'd come to school, you'd check into your homeroom, and then we'd put you on a bus, and you would go over to this school a few miles away and spend a half a day there. And then we'd bring you back, so you would finish your race. So it filled okay. my day, and it was art. And I was like, that's all right, awesome. I'm in, I'm yeah, in. Yeah. And as soon as I got there, it was, you know, it was the epiphany. You know, yeah. it was the, oh, my God, art as a business. They didn't, you know, we didn't do fine art stuff. It was all about production and oh, printing. Wow. And, that must and have been invaluable education. It was, it was and, and the teacher was not your quintessential art teacher. He was a ex-Marine from the Korean War. <laughs> he had a flat top haircut, smoked cigarettes, and back then they used to let us smoke cigarettes in the classroom. Shut up. So really? he'd be smoking, and that's, and yeah, and he would say stuff, you know, like it would be coffee break time, he'd be like, okay, smoke them if you got them. And uh, yeah, wow. but, but knew what he was talking about. A no-nonsense guy, obviously. And uh, yeah, it opened, it just... It was like, oh, yeah, this is it. This Such is. a strange connection to being raised by soldiers to do uh, right, art in right. a way. It, exactly. Dad and it, him, it, yeah. 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 The, it's funny. There's a, a handful of male characters in my life, and most of them had some sort of – well, it's back – there was a time where everybody was in the military. You know, back in my dad's day, right. you know, he, did, he didn't even stay for graduation. He went – Right into oh, the service. That early, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, they were wanting to yeah. go and do they their wanted, thing. Yeah, everybody yeah, wanted right? to go. Yeah, that's crazy. So at this time, how many mediums are you working in then? Like, so uh, in in art school, um, in the, the so in high school art, they exposed you to a lot of stuff, and it was you know okay, this is oil paint, this is this, and a lot of more crafty type stuff. But when we got to the commercial art school, we were at the beginning, mostly heavily working in black and white and teaching us the difference between line art and halftone okay. and how that, how that applies to the printing process and how to get your art ready for camera. And then we would actually, then we had cameras, so we would shoot art and, and, and actually do printing. So, you know, it was start to finish, we learned a, a lot of those uh, you know, basic techniques. So you start to get your head around the idea of this is a good painting. You know, now we're going many years in the future. This is a good painting, but you got to be careful of the contrast here because right. it's going to lose something in the printing process. So get get more contrast here so okay. this doesn't get muddy. Right, right. So when does the painting really start to so flourish? I had uh, <laughs> I had. Uh, signed up to go to a college in, I, so I live and grew up in New Jersey. And uh, so I, back then, I think it's Rowan College is now called, well, it used to be called Glassboro State. And I had signed up to go to college there because again, big thing with my dad was, he didn't get a chance to go to college, we're going to college. <laughs> so, but after I took this art class, I was like, ah, I gotta go to art school. I don't wanna go to college anymore. So I came home and I told him that I, you know, I don't want to go to college. I want to go to art school. Didn't go over well. Oh, no. Let's just say that wasn't he wasn't thrilled by the idea. And I went back to the vocational school the next day. the The, the guy who was my teacher's name was Frank Newbauer. 
And I went in, and we used to be able to call him by his first name. <laughs> yeah. So I went in, and I said, yeah, Frank, I talked to my dad last night, and he's not having it. You know, I, you know, I want to go to art school, but uh, I'm going uh, to end up at the college. And he said, oh, okay. He goes, uh, give me your dad's phone number. Oh, yeah. And uh, he called him up. He said, hey, meet me, you know, at the local pub. And him and my dad sat down and had a beer, and he told him that, listen, your son's got some talent. Art school is not what you think it is. This is a real thing, and uh, I think you should give him a chance. Came home that night, and I didn't know this was happening. And my father's going, I talked to your, your teacher tonight, and if Frank says it's cool, then let's do this. So, wow. Yeah, so. Wow, what a teacher to Absolutely. make that effort, right? right. Yeah, right. So. yeah. Obviously, Frank and I were friends for a lot of years. I'm after sure that. he and, remained a yeah. mentor kind of thing. Uh, just a friend. Okay. I, I, I eventually, I got married and I moved somewhere and I moved close to where he was. Right. And there was a, a pub where I know he hung out. Oh, cool. And I would go there and we had we had beers together. Wow. Until he passed away. So. Oh, that's cool, yeah. man. Yeah. What a neat way to come up. By the way, if anybody has any questions, just shout them out or put a hand up. I know there's a mic there, but it's a pretty intimate room here. Yeah. But feel free to get involved here because I'll just ramble on for a while, okay? Um, so the education is there. You finally get to go to art school. Which art school do you go to? So I go to this tiny art school in Hillsborough, New Jersey called Spectrum Institute. We're so tiny, we're the downstairs to a doctor's office. There's 20 of us in the graduating class. Okay. So 60, 70 kids in the whole school. So what was unique about this school was they only hired teachers who were working artists. And they, no one taught every day of the week. They would come in, you know, you're there on Tuesday, Thursday. But on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you were actually in the field doing something. Oh, cool. So not only were they, would we get assignments, but then they would bring in things that they're working on and talk about the issues that they're having with their clients, what production issues they run into. So okay. very hands-on, very, you know, very... Like actual so experience. Like, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, but yeah. then you could see why, oh, we're doing this as assignment because we're, we're gearing towards this. So it gave a bigger picture to all the assignments that okay. we were getting. Uh, fantastic school, fantastic teachers, all different walks of life, too. It wasn't like everybody was a book illustrator. Actually, I didn't have a book illustrator teacher until my final year. Um, so you got great exposure to many different things. And again, that's, that's all very, very valuable. So during that time, are you just like laser focused on learning or is it starting to spin in your head what you want to do as a career, like where you want to take the art? Because I yeah. assume you graduate. And, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, at first you're just going, you know, I'm overwhelmed. There's a lot to do here. I've never been in the environment where, you, you know, it's one, we went uh, five days a week eight hours a day, you know, this was, a, yeah. this was not college, you know, you have two classes in the morning. It's like a it job. Was, it's yeah. like a job. Yeah. And uh, so you had lots of assignments and it was like, ooh, well, um, this is different, this is harder to keep up with. But um, uh, yeah, it, it, perfect training right. for it. And uh, so I forgot what the question was. Uh, it, it, Sounds like you were laser focused, but was yeah, before yeah. Oh, you guys yeah. just started so, figuring so out. So I get to my last year. Yes. Yeah. So I get to my last year, and the, I finally I have a teacher, and so the you know junior me sits on his couch, 
in the, the 70s, listening to albums, got my album covers on my lap going, I want to do that. I want to oh, paint okay. art for album covers. So I'm always in my head going, oh, yeah, I'm going to do album art. And in my third year of school, one of the teachers was a book illustrator. And his work was incredible, sci-fi, fantasy stuff. And I'm going, oh, this stuff's amazing. And he goes, listen, you can do album covers, but they put out a whole lot more books than they put out albums. So do both. And that's where I went, oh, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. How do you even approach getting into doing album covers? You just like find a band that's willing the, the, to let you do theirs, and the, that's the start? Well, back, like, back then it was kind of the opposite. You had to go to the record company, and the record oh. company would assign artists to bands. They didn't, you know, some would show. I mean, I'm sure. Really? Yeah, I'm sure the Stones were showing up with their own dude. You know, okay. But if you were nobody, they would, the same way an author doesn't show up to a publisher and say, oh, I want this guy to do my cover. They almost don't have any say in the matter at all. RL didn't pick me. Really? Yeah, no, no, no. Well, he, had I'm, not, I'm, he had nothing I'm kind to of do shocked with that. by that. Yeah, like, no. I just assumed the record. Now, the, you look yeah. at it as, and this one makes sense. There's stuff that we did that didn't make any sense, but the, the publisher. I had worked with, and they're, you, you got to remember, they're vetting me, you know, as I do assignments, if, you know, I don't get stuff on time, or my work is wildly inconsistent, they know I'm not a, you know, it's like, fine, okay, we may give you one or two, but you're not, you're not the guy we want, so when Goosebumps came along, I had done those things, I was consistent, and I was on time, and I, I proved to be responsible, because they knew Goosebumps was going to be one a month, and if things were good, they would keep going. Deadlines are important. Yeah, deadlines are... Uh, yeah. Uh, a, a late piece of artwork is, is almost valueless. Right. You know, like, the, pr the production was that tight. So, uh... Did um, you get any albums in then? Did you get some I, album I have. Work? I've done... I did, yeah, I've done... Okay. Uh, not at the beginning. It's funny, because there's been a resurgence in, uh, yes, in vinyl. Yes, in vinyl, yeah. I do, I do way more album covers now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's then, cool yeah, you're yeah, still yeah. doing it. Yeah, it was yeah, the it happened to just happen later to do, on. That's right? all, yeah. right? Any, like, bands that you liked? Like, you were like, oh, I get to do this band? Uh, like, I've never, no, I've never done anybody wildly famous. No, but like, was there anybody that you knew oh, that yeah. you I, liked? Everybody like, sends you your, their music so you can go, oh yeah, that's that's awesome. Oh, you I get do. to hear it before? Yeah, I now, guess you yeah, want it. Now you do. So do they hear you the do they send you the music so you can hear it and be inspired? Yeah, I always request it. I'm going, oh, look, you know, yeah. this. I gotta see what kind of band you are, what you, you know, they all have a written description and that's fine, but let me hear it and I'll file it into my own, my own Right. classification and yeah so you know if you're doing a heavy metal band you want to make it a little edgier than the right, guy right. who's doing acoustics yeah yeah that's so cool man I didn't realize that yeah. it was like an assigned thing I just assumed every no. band was like so, this is what we want for our album we gotta get out yeah, and yeah. do it you know? no so it, book business the, the publisher picks the, the illustrator for the, for the author then now I get picked and it's R.L. Stein and I and so sorry, before just before we dive too yeah, much yeah. into the Goosebumps, so the career from the vinyl albums to the Goosebumps in between there, are you just doing kind of what work you can get? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one-offs. You get a book. You know, you go. So my very first book cover was in 1985 for a company called Daw. They're a science fiction publisher. Uh, D.A.W. Donald A. Walheim. He was an older gentleman who started as an author and then ran his own company. And he was 
he was in his 80s sitting behind the big desk and you know yeah. if we were making a movie about the you know mm-hmm. the intimidating art director he, he was cast first yeah. perfectly for it so when i once you get one book cover that's the toughest thing is get you know somebody has to go out on a limb and go all right i'm going to give you chance. a shot yeah. and once you have one then you can go hey guy down the street you know here it is i you know i've proven i can get one done so it was much easier to get other assignments. So you just kind of slowly started yeah, building. Yeah, and you just go to other publishers, a lot of publishers in Manhattan. Like I said, I grew up in New Jersey, so you could drop, again, no social media, no right. email, no, everything is personal. You know, you right. show up with your artwork in a portfolio, drop it off at the door right. on drop-off days. Somebody would review it, then they would give you a... You know, a little rejection notice, and right. you take it from there and take it down the street. Go to, to the, the next, next one, just pounding total, the pavement. Exactly. Eh? Yeah, totally yeah. pound. You know, we got to the point where we would get up in the morning, drive to the city, drop the artwork off early, 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 then go home and go to work. And this is with my, my ex wife and myself. We both went to work. Then we'd get up the next morning, pick it up from the place you dropped it off take it down the street, drop it off at the next place, get in the car, and go home. And, you know, it was a, it was a, wow, grind. Yeah. It was a grind. Kids nowadays yeah. just don't know. Like, be thankful for your internet, kids. Yeah, like. I'm telling you, it's so much more to go, oh, you're on the West Coast? Yeah, here, look at my art. Click. And then they go, oh, I like that. Can you uh, change the background to blue? Yeah, it's on a separate layer. Click, click. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it, it was a... But I've talked about this often. Because everything was tangible back then, like you had to go in and show your artwork, the only people who could do what we were doing were the people who had that lived inside that circle. Now, if my dad decided we were living in Pittsburgh, Tim Jacobus doesn't do Goosebumps covers. Wow. You know? So yeah. the fact that I lived close enough to make this thing happen and back and forth was, uh, you know, the, right although spot, it sounds right. like a Time grind, helps too. I, yeah. you know, I yeah. was blessed to be inside the line. Right, right. That's awesome. So you build you build up the reputation, people yeah. know you're solid, and then you get the call for... Uh, right, but it wasn't the call. you got to remember, okay. they thought Goosebumps was a stinker. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, yeah, tell the, us about this. Yeah, yeah, so the publisher that no one had tried doing horror books for the age group, seven to I think it was seven to twelve was the official definition. yeah because that's young yeah right and right that RL had been doing fear street for the teenagers and it's fine but they're just going you know what we don't want to do is have a series where the kids are buying them we're freaking them out and they're ending up in their parents bed and all the parents are now mad at us and we're getting you know mean letters and they're not buying the books that we already have so they were so I was approached in this exact manner. And RL tells us a story that's somewhat similar. They came to me and they said, look, we have this new series. We don't think it's going anywhere. So we would like you to paint the first cover, uh, but we don't have a full budget. So we're going to pay you a couple hundred dollars less than we usually pay you. We promise when this, when this thing fails will put you on something good <laughs> okay. so you're like okay well, I'm going, well I, my next question was well what what is this thing and then when i read the little synopsis about what the story was i went oh this is cool 
I was like, yeah, 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 I, 100%, you know, it's a job, it's here, oh, yeah? I, this is cool, so I'll do it, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. So at that point, they weren't sure what they were doing. I had no horror background at that point. I had done some kid stuff, and I had done some what were called women in jeopardy stories, which were all the same story except they just changed the location and the lady's name. It was always the soccer mom who stumbles onto something and she sees a murder, and now she's going to solve the crimes all by herself. So same story a hundred times, and I used to do I did covers for those. And when Goosebumps came along, they were like, we, you know, we like what you're doing, but there's this other more famous uh, horror artist named Jim Thiessen, and we're going to have him do book number two. So you do one, he does two, we're going to look at them, and then we'll decide who gets the rest. And at that Whoa. point, and then uh, at that time, the rest was only four more books. Right. Yeah, it was six, which was a good... That's, six is a lot. Had to, had to, I, you know. I hadn't done two in a row, let alone six in a row. Right. So they, they, they did this thing, and when they came back and they looked at them, they said, yeah, you know, we, we like them both, but Tim's use of color and all those real bright colors makes it less scary. So... Let's go with Tim, and we'll see how it goes. Was that intentional on your part? Well, they told me that you got picked because we dig the colors that you're using. Okay, once you tell me that, I know that's a key element. So right. now I'm going to lean right into that, and everything that comes after this, we're going to. You're going to tell me, hey, yo, you want to calm down on the color thing? And <laughs> that never happened. Nobody uh, told me to dial it back. So, That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there wasn't much. I remember because Goosebumps was a little before my time, but uh, I remember being a t teenager and all we really had was like the Christopher Pike books Yeah. and that kind of YA stuff. I don't know what I remember. There was a, what was it, uh, Remember Me? Yeah. That yeah, book. Yeah. That, that was, I remember reading that and I was like, this, it was like a really quality book for like even a teenager though, right? So anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, so you get the gig. So get the gig and, okay, that's great. You know, um, so when Goosebumps begins, it doesn't just take off like a rocket. It, it does okay. And um, there was, was some talk around book six whether they were going to go any further because it, it wasn't doing bad, but it really wasn't doing good. All the way up to yeah. book six it wasn't yeah, doing yeah. good, Yeah, eh? Wow. So then between book six... And nine, it just it went from this to that. And everybody has their own theory because there's no documentation right. on it. But um, Yeah, what's yours? Okay. <laughs> Here's my theory. First off, no social media. So the only real push is you guys, as kids, telling one another, this is cool. This is cool. You should see these. This is cool. And you were, most of you, your first exposure to Goosebumps was in your school library from the Scholastic Book Fair. So we were pumping them right into the schools, and that was your first exposure. So those first books that came out were there. They were in your library. But then you guys started to go, oh, I really dig these. I want my own. And that's when the hit sales uh, really started okay. to take off when you said, Mom... I, you know, I want my I want my new goosebumps. Yeah, that so. makes perfect sense. Like, what other theories could there kind of be? Yeah, like that's yeah, obviously yeah. kind of yeah. what it had to. But be. it took that long for it to get going, and thank goodness they hung on. And uh, then it just 
you know, they, yeah, uh, I did a book a month. Wood. Yeah, I did a book a month for the next twelve years. Wow. Yeah. What a nice steady gig, oh, right? Uh, like you know. So and, and when you're doing it, you're going, oh yeah, this is the way things always are. And then you know, when years go by, you go, oh man, this was a this is a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah, that's something you hold on to for sure. So in the manner that you requested the music for the album covers, did you ever read any of the books or just kind of ask for a plot synopsis? So, How did that um, work? There wasn't a book to read when I did the cover, so R.L. was writing the book at the same time. Oh, yeah. So okay. he would send me. He he famously uh, comes up with the title of the book first, and then he starts from there. Oh, I so didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So I got title, and then I would get a couple of sentences, sometimes a paragraph if I was lucky, and it just gave me some basic background, and I would run with it. Now. You go, oh, well, that's not a lot to work with. But that's actually the best way to work. Because if you give me the whole book, I'm going to read the whole book, and then I'm going to get obsessed with details. And it's going to close down the things that I can do because on page 16, you told me this. And on page 54, you told me this. So I can't, like, the box gets smaller. So when it's like, yeah, there's going to be, you know, this thing called deep trouble, and there's a giant hammerhead shark. Have it, you know, yeah. go get them. Yeah. So uh, I would do three sketches for every cover. Oh. And then the art director and I would have a discussion and the editors would get in on it and they'd go up. Most of the time they would just go, yeah, do, uh, do number two. We like that one. That's great. I would take it and then they'd go, just go ahead and finish. And then I would paint the art. The art was traditional. It was... 20 inches by 20 inches. It was acrylic paint, and it was a combination of brush and airbrush. And uh, oh, yeah. So we, I would then pack it up, cardboard, get it over to Federal Express. My best friends were at Federal Express <laughs> because they knew what I was doing, and I would be late almost every time. And the door did lock at eight o'clock. And then they went, you know, what are you doing? And we see you here all the time. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm an illustrator. And they went, all right. Listen, if you come to the door and it's locked, drive around back. The garage door is always open, and you can slip in it and underneath, and we'll, we'll make sure it gets out the door. So, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I slipped under the garage door nice, a couple times. Nice, nice, uh, do you? So, do you but, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so the, here's the point. So I turned my artwork in. It would get done, and then they would send it to R.L. Stein. That was the first and only time he would see the art was when it was complete. Okay. And at that stage, he was always pretty far along in the production of the story. So the chances that I screwed up were monumental. And it didn't happen very often. And we were, you know, we've, that's one thing that Bob and I have talked about over the years that I, it, it should have gone off the rails a number of times, and there's only been two instances, and one, he had to change the book for my art, and one of them, I had to change the art, because we just had to change the art. Wow, I'm surprised they were willing to change the book for the art. So, their, 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 uh, their argument to him was, and it was him calling it out. I'll tell the whole story. Please do. So, uh, <laughs> Say Cheese and Die, everybody's familiar with that cover. So, it's a family... It's a Polaroid picture of a family of skeletons at a barbecue. And uh, the premise of the story is there's this camera, the kid's fine, and when you get your picture taken with the camera, 
bad stuff starts to happen. So we send over this final painting, and RL looks at it, and he's like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. Uh, I really like it, he goes, but there's no family of skeletons barbecuing in my story. And they said, well, it's a lot harder for Tim to do a, a new painting, so figure it out. Wow. <laughs> so in the middle of that story, if you go back, and, he, it, and he's so annoyed by this because he couldn't figure out a cool way to do it, so he wrote a dream sequence into the story, and that's where the, the family of skeletons gets in there. So uh, I didn't know this story until, like, four years ago. So my whole life, I think, uh, you know, that this painting is one of the best ones and we all love it. And then I'm sitting there with him and he starts telling the story. I'm going, oh man, you hate one of my favorite paintings. <laughs> wow. That's cool though, that like the art was so importantly on that level too. I'm sure there was a budget uh, it's to a, do it's with a time, it. It's a, a time, time budget thing. Thing. You know, Again, these are traditional pieces. Now, would that happen today? Maybe not, because art is digital, everything's layered. Right. I can do way bigger changes with digital art than I could with traditional art. Traditional, right. traditional art was, a lot of time, it was, you know, big sections would have to be redone to make certain changes. Do you ever do digital art? Or? Oh, yeah. So oh. around 2004, uh, every publisher got together, and they gave us all a deadline. And they said, in two years... If you can't do digital art, you can't play here anymore. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, not fun. Not, uh, you know, I had at that stage been doing uh, my art for uh, over 20 years. Right. Had that, you know, had some magic in how I did it and a, a style. And then they gave me a computer. And in 2004, the computers weren't that great. And they hand me this thing they call a mouse, and it's a rock to me. And they're saying, okay, make nice art with a rock. And it was a very, it was a tough start. I'm sure. Yeah, very frustrating. But then, you know, just like anything else, you start to figure it out. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, this is like, you know, it's like, oh, I used to play guitar. Now I'm learning how to play piano. Oh, I can make different things happen over right. here than I could over here. And now... I see the value in both. Right. Um, Do you appreciate that you were forced to learn it yes. so early yeah, in its age? Because now you've got how many years of experience yeah, in yeah. digital, it, right? Yeah. All of life is like that. Yeah. You know, I, there's most of us, if things are going good and everything's fine, you're not going to change what you're doing. Right. We are only, the, the way the humans work is we only change when we something bad happens and we're forced to do something different because it takes effort and, you know, we don't want to do that. Right. So, yes, I was glad I was forced into it early. Yeah, it was frustrating, but so what? You know, like yeah. it, it wasn't like I had to go and dig holes, you know. I yeah. had to figure out... Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, you're also such a like more well-rounded artist because of it. Yes. Now, right. Like, so now, what I do is everything. Even though there, there's a digital. So if you hire me to do your album, I'm going to do that art digital. If you are hiring me to do a painting for you that you're going to hang in your living room, I'm going to do that traditional, just because of the nature of what it's being used for. Uh, when I do digital art. And when I do traditional art, everything starts outside the computer. You know, I got my pencils, I'm drawing, everything, all my drawings are very tight before I scan them into the computer. And the computer's really only there for color. 
Oh, okay. So right. my digital stuff does right. look like my traditional Which is pretty stuff. common these days. Yes, a lot yeah, of every, yes, yeah. Way, right? especially yeah. anybody who <clears throat> has those drawing skills. Now, there's a lot of younger people who have no drawing skills. They didn't go to art school, and they figured out their own way of making cool-looking stuff, and it's all 100% digital. Right, right. Um, touching back to the albums, you mentioned you airbrushed them as well. Yeah, I, air, I was a... So I started airbrush before it was just something i picked up because again back in the day doing painting on vans and motorcycle tanks that was a good way to make a couple of bucks right and i had a friend who ran a body shop and he would go hey i got a guy who can do some art for you so yeah. that's where i had learned initially to do airbrush and then once i figured out how to use it then i went oh i can use this in my school projects and then I, once i started incorporating there i went oh this is a thing. I can I can really make this work. Right, right. Did you design the logo? No. Okay. No, that was that I the story I that I, the way I know it is either RL or somebody had an idea and they handed it off to a bunch of logo designers and they kept getting back what they didn't want and there was somebody who was either an assistant art director or a secretary who said, "No, you should do it like this." And she did a the rough sketch, and they all went, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right Don't you love how yeah, that stuff yeah. works? Um, super quick, tiny little side story. Matthew Wood is the, uh, he's the head sound engineer at Lucasfilm. I don't know if you're familiar sure. with him. Yeah. Um, he's also the voice of General Grievous. Um, but what happened was they were like, okay, we want six different voices. We want six different actors. Give me six different takes. So he had five. He found five people, and it was like late at night one night. And he just didn't have a six. He's like, "Screw it, I'll do it myself." And he just did like a one-off quick, like rah, 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 just to fill out the sixth. Next day, George Lucas is like, "I like this one. Let's have him." And and then he was like sitting there like, um, and George was like, "What's the problem?" And he's like, "That's me." It was kind of a filler. He's like, "I like it. You're grievous." That's very cool. Yeah, and now he's a professional great, voice actor too, great, great, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's taking advantage. Uh, that that's not panicking and, and, and going. Well, I'll only give him five. It's like, all right, let me step in here and give him right, a shot. Right, right, right. So things take off, and you're doing a book a month. Yeah. So is he writing a book a month? Yes, he is. He's not like pre-writing a bunch no, like over no, a time. Wow. No, no, yeah. he's a machine. Uh, he can, and he's. The man is in his late seventies, and he is still cranking stuff out like he was a teenager. The right, guy, the guy is uh, um, just so prolific, and uh, you know, and he, he will, you know, he'll tell you, you know, I'm not, and that, you know, I've written every story; these are all boring. You know, like he's so right. know, self-deprecating, but uh, I mean, that's good tonight. That's it's, nice. But to it's know. Yeah. it's amazing, like. No one's going to realize until he passes on and they take it and they start putting numbers to it where everybody's going to go. That's, that's superhuman. Right, right. Um, when we talked last, uh, it was Michigan a bunch of years ago at Astronomicon. I first met you yeah, there. And right. uh, I believe at the time you weren't working with Goosebumps because there was nothing coming out. But have you started again? Forgive no, me for not no, being no, up that's on okay. my goosebumps. No, uh, my my reign of terror uh, lasted twelve years, and right. they, I got a chance to do about one hundred and twenty covers, which is unheard of. That's insane. And then what they always do, and it's not 
that there was an issue with me or anything like that. In the book business, uh, after a certain number of years, we changed the covers and the cover artists. Uh, you know, uh, Nancy Drew has been around forever and ever, and right. the artist has changed a hundred times. So it's just standard operating procedure to right. keep a fresh look on the books and keep interest. So um, I... Two things. One, I, I get a chance to work with R.L. still once in a while. He does other things. Uh, he, he's been doing some graphic novels, uh, and I've gotten a chance to do a couple covers for recent nice. graphic so, novels. Sorry, but after – so now having this career, is he able to choose you? Is he now yes, able yes, he to is, go to his publisher ad, yes, and say yes, he is Tim's an, doing He is this? an advocate for me, uh, and people listen to him. Okay. And it's very yeah. nice. Yes, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yes, he, he definitely puts the thumb on the scale. Right. And uh, will, will get me and uh, get me some, That's some awesome. jobs. But yeah. the cooler thing is I, I, have as, I have as much work as I want to do. Right. It's, I, I, I turn down more than I do. Oh, wow. That's a great position to be in. Right. <laughs> And I get to pick and choose what I like. And the thing that's the coolest is, so all you guys that were reading Goosebumps back in the 90s, you're now grown-ups. And you are, some of you are art directors, and some of you are in bands, and some of you are authors, and some of you work at ski companies, and you all write the same email at the, when you reach out to me and you say, hi, I was a Goosebumps fan as a kid and now I'm this and I have this project so my old fans are now my new employers that's so cool yeah. that's great that it comes around like this okay I'm gonna get oh perfect a question yes I think, yes. I, so, I think it's better now. I think the advent of social media puts a super level feel, especially for artists. It, the commitment, uh, before I go down that rabbit hole, Anybody can put their art on, on social media, and if you have something that's good, people will push it around, and eyes will get on it, and it will generate its own buzz. I'm not talking it has to have millions of views, but I have pieces that I put up now, and in 15 minutes, more people have seen that than some paintings I did early on. I got paintings, I swear, 23 people have seen. And they're in my attic, and they'll always be in my attic. And so the exposure is there. And if you have something special, it, it will definitely happen. The other, the, the, the tough part is everybody's in the game. You know, the, the kid over in, you know, in, you know, in okay. France, yeah. you know, is, is in the same game that you're in. You know, where I used to say my pool was limited to the circle around Manhattan. Now everybody's in the game. So sometimes you have to be a little more clever in how you present your work to people to get their attention. But um, it's moving so fast. And technology has changed. And it's, it's really cool. And, uh, but I think, I think... I think now is the best time to be in the creative field than back back in the day. 
Right on. What are some of your favorite covers? Anybody? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I like the stamp cover, but I wanted to ask you what is your favorite. Ooh. So I'm, uh, I, I love all the, you know, the, the heavy hitters that everybody likes. You know, um, The Haunted Mask, Night of the Living Dummy, A Day at Horrorland, uh, Say Cheese and Die. You know, those, those are the ones that people always say are their favorites. I like the, I like the, the ones that, when I, the ones I like are the ones where when I read the description, I just went... Oh boy! You know what am I? What am I going to do here? You know, uh, the classic is it. Uh, it came from beneath the sink, and that's a story of a killer sponge. Now, and there's nothing scary about a killer sponge, and I had to somehow come up with something. I was just like, man, this is this is killing me. Uh, another one that I like that the idea was cool, and then my drawing just uh, so the blob that ate everyone. And if you don't remember that one, it's this big giant, looks like a human heart coming down the street and his tongue's out and he's eating everything in his way. And when I drew it, when it was in pencil, it looked like a big baked potato coming down the street. And I'm going, nah, big potatoes aren't scary. I hope this comes around soon. But as soon as I got a chance to add some color, it, it changed up. Have you, how many of the books have you read? I haven't read hardly any. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would, I would have to stop what I was doing to go back and read them. Uh, I've read a few. I'm, a, I'm actually. A You're big, also not a child. No, so. no. But <laughs> I, I went back recently and read one and was uh, very impressed. You know, I don't want to go too over the top. So when I was doing more books than I am now, uh, they came from from publishers. So the whole vetting process had been done already. Right. Nobody's getting a book printed at a, at a notable publisher that doesn't have real skill. Now everybody can self-publish. So all that whole layer has gone away and people are going, will you do my book cover? And then they send me their book and some of them aren't great. Right. Yeah. And then I go, you know, am I just getting... You know, am I just becoming an old man and just going, hey, y'all don't know what you're doing, kids. You don't know what you're doing. Get off my lawn. And uh, I went back and read a Goosebumps going, all right, is it me? And then when I read it, I went, you know, of course this isn't for me, but the structure, the setup, end of the chapter, there's a hook, makes you want to read the next chapter. Then at the end, there was always a twist. Right. And I just went, yeah, this is, this is, this is brilliant. So uh, I'm a big fan of Stay Out of the Basement, even right. though I didn't do the initial cover. They did what was nice about the people at Scholastic. So we get done with the, the classic series. There's 62 books in the classic series. And they say, hey, this is 2005. They go, hey, you, you did them all except for Stay Out of the Basement and Be Careful What You Wish For. And I was like, yeah, and you know, what's the story? And I said, well, Jim Thiessen did the first one. And I said, uh, be careful what you wish for. I, I went on vacation. And, so uh, yeah, simple. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, I took one day off in 15 years. Right. Uh, and they went, oh, well, let's go back and do those. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, so there Just is kind of complete Yeah, so, you, so I, when I tell you I did them all, I really did them all. I just, you know, it, it took me a couple of extra years to get those last Do two. Do you in. feel at all, was there any kind of like not wanting to step on that other artist because they got a shot to do one kind of thing? Or, well, or? 
I did. They had they had their cha- you know, this is now right. 2005. They had you know, this was 92 when we True, started. Yeah. They had a lot of years to bask in their <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So, no, I was going, yeah, I I'd love okay, to. Yeah, I didn't realize things. it was like that later yeah. on. They yeah. So, it was nice it. to to get those pieces and 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 be able to say that I did the full original classic goosebumps. That's so awesome. It's so cool. Uh we have a few minutes left. Uh yeah, in the back there with the mask. Yeah. That's you. Uh, <laughs> if you could uh, draw a cover for any book, album, or movie that's already come out, uh, what would your absolute dream draw? So, I've... I've already had the dream career, and I, I, I hate to say that and make it, you know, I'm not avoiding your question. Uh, you know, I've got a chance to do tons of what I wanted to do. People know my work. It, it, it's, again, uh, it floors me that anybody is here in this room bothering to listen to me, that you guys all still remember this stuff. That was a long time ago. That was forever ago, yet you guys still have a place sorry that it's stuck in your brain and uh it occupies some real estate that you can't shake and uh no i i I really it's not lost on me and that's the coolest thing there could be now having said that yeah i i I don't know if i i i would like to do you know some you know friday the 13th or freddy krueger or you know any of the classic horror stuff but i know i wouldn't do it it wouldn't be, I don't know if I would do it justice. It, I would just be doing it. So, I'm, you know, it's, it's nothing that I'm calling people about. Here's a story. you might here's do a, all here's right. A, here's, a, here's a story. No, no, no. Here's a, here's a good story. So, when I was in art school, again, this was 79, 78, 79, 80. And uh, uh, that was when Stephen King was just so hot and when we were in art school the only thing that you told everybody you know to each other someday I'm going to do a Stephen King cover someday I'm doing a Stephen King cover no doubt 100% yeah and we were just punks and we had no business even remotely saying that so many 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 years after I get out of school I get a call and they say hey uh, we're repackaging Three Stephen King books into one hardback: *The Shining*, *Pet Cemetery*, and I always forget the third one. Doesn't Salem's matter. Lot. Salem's Lot. Look at you. Look at you. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we're going to concentrate on *The Shining*, which you know, the book, the movie. You know, this had a, a huge impact on me as a, a, a young guy. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm I'm going to get a chance to do a Stephen King cover. So I concoct this drawing, and it's a picture of the the main character. He's outside the house. It's snowing, and he's got his hands stretched out, and they're bloody red, and they're dripping in the snow. So it's, you know, basically an all-white scene. And when I turned in my artwork, you couldn't tell that that's what I was painting was blood on the hand. So I took the pencil sketch, and I painted the hands red, and said, you know, just so they understood that's what I meant. And when I sent it over, they're like, oh, this is, this is great. And okay, let's go. Let's go to the final. This is perfect. And I was like, all right, so do you want me to do the typical, you know, the goosebumps, bright colors and all that? And they're like, no, no, no. We like what you did on the sketch. We want you to do a black and white painting. 
and just put the blood on the hands and that's going to be the only color in the piece. And it's like, oh, that's cool. I like yeah, that. I like that. So also when you've seen my work in the past, anytime there's a human figure in my paintings, I always take a photograph because, you know, you just need those little extra details as reference to make something look realistic. And I use, you know, there's family members on Goosebumps covers and, uh, you know, my dad was on a couple of mysteries and so, but in this one, since it was Stephen King and I was only going to get one opportunity to do a Stephen King cover, not only was I going to paint that cover, I was going to be on that cover. Ah, so nice. I, I took a picture of me in my overcoat and so that's me on the cover and uh, so... I did a Stephen King cover, and I got on a Stephen King cover. So Amazing. That is the perfect way to end this conversation. But kids, Tim has a table upstairs in Artist Alley. If you want to say hello and chat with him, he, I'm sure he's happy to do so up there. Uh, check out the art. Tim, thank you, yes, you so it. much for taking the you time to it. hang out with us. Tim Jacobus, everybody. Thank you. Woo. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you.